0: Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Too strange for you, I hope it's not, but if it is, I want to say to you that the, the power of the gospel the gospel is still powerful today than it has ever been. I want to say to you that everyone living in the perimeter of this building will feel the power of God as work here, in Jesus' name. And you need to believe that deep down in your heart. This is as I've been thinking about prepping for today, and I may even be all over the place. I don't care, but, but. I sense in my spirit that God is saying that he wants to get you to act. He wants to get us to act to action, to take steps. I'm not sure what the steps will be, how that will go. But I sense in my spirit that God wants to kind of just take what he's already doing. There's something God's already doing. He won't take that thing further with us. And so if you want to take this prayer, you just pray today. You want to take it one step further. I encourage you, maybe today or sometimes during the week, go around this area. Go around your neighborhood. Just do a prayer walk. And as you walk, just pray for every single household that you see. Every single household in your neighborhood. I do that all the time. I go for two hours of it in my neighborhood. And I pray for every single house as I walk past their house. Every single one of them. And I pray for them all the time. Trust in God for that family, that home, that person. We need to take authority in the name of Jesus. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need to stop feeling sorry for ourselves as a church. God is still on the throne. Forgive me. I don't want to get too excited. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, brother. (laughs) Acts chapter 10. We're going to be active to 10 this morning, and I need help to read this text, so I'm going to ask a few people to just read active to 10. I'm not trying to do the entire passage, but I'm using it to set a context for what I'm going to say. I have something very specific to say this morning. I could actually say it in five minutes, and I'll be done, Uh, but that would not be good practice. (laughs) Um, but, But I just want us to... Read saying, so I want you—if you were there and you you'd love to read—to help me read this morning. So I need five volunteers. Five. Any Bible translation is fine. Five. Okay, one, two, two, three, four. Don't make four, five. Don't make me choose you. Five. The, the the lady in green here. No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I thought she was saying yes. <laughs> I freaked that out, forgive me. Okay, who's going to be my five? Oh, okay, there we go, five. Now, each one of you, we're going to read after the 10 from verses 1 to. Um, let's see how, we, how far we can go here. Uh, verses 1 to. Let's go to 33. The world is going through a lot of changes now. And we talk about industrial revolutions. I don't know if you heard that word. We are in the fourth industrial revolution, as they say. talk about it in history, economics, and and things like that. Talk about the fourth industrial revolution. The first industrial revolution was the era of the Uh, where we began to use mechanical things. We stopped relying on animals for farming. We started using mechanical farming and mechanical things, machines to do stuff. Uh, The second industrial revolution was when we moved to the electricity and automobile when Ford, for instance, had the division of labor, Henry, Henry Ford, a division of labor in his own factory and produced mass production and electricity started. Then we move to the third industrial revolution, which is the age of um, ICT and computers and internet and and all of that sort of thing. And then we are now in the area of the fourth industrial revolution, they say. And the fourth industrial revolution is about everything is smart. It builds on the third industrial revolution. You have a smartwatch. Anyone have a smartwatch here? A smartphone. Anyone have a smartphone here? Anyone have connected homes where you can put off the light from your phone and, and and all that. And we're now in the fourth industry revolution, the age of, in, in in accounting or economics or mathematics or anything, they will call it data analytics and all those sort of things It's happening. Digital transformation is happening. They want us to get, if you go to Japan, there's, there's, uh, they're trying to try a society where if you enter your house, a robot will automatically know the temperature of your body. And then when it knows temperature of your body, it will regulate the entire temperature of the house to match the temperature of your body automatically and to do that in relation to the temperature outside so that it's actually environmentally friendly. That's what we're going to. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> the society goes through changes and goes through different errors and different changes as we transition through world. And each of this transition, industries, each of this industrial revolution requires us to change the way we think, requires us to change the way we live, requires us to change our paradigms, our thinking. In fact, if we don't change our thinking and change the way we live, we will not be able to fully adapt and fully step and live in the reality of this new world that we are talking about. Is that not so? Is that not so? I mean, it's, 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 um, my, my age of example is, there is a, it's Blackberry and an iPhone when they asked Blackberry to change into a touchscreen into a um, touch phone and the guys at Blackberry said no one will ever use a touchscreen phone. They completely missed it. Didn't they? Everybody's using this, uh using uh, uh, a touchscreen. Whoever that it all has to be at the spot, even though now I crave for Blackberry if, if they come back because I still want a t- tactile thing, but you know. But still, you get what I'm trying to say. And I think that's the way God works with us. And I actually think that's the way God wired entire humanity that we are a changing species that adapt to the environment and keep changing and keep evolving. God has never made us to be static. We are, culture is never static, culture is always changing, and life is always changing. And every time something new is about to happen, and every time we move into a new era, mindsets and paradigms always need to change. You feel me? Always need to change. Up to now in the book of Acts, everything that's been happening from Acts 1 to 9 is all about the Jews coming to faith. The 3,000 people that, 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 that gave their life to Christ in, in Acts chapter 4 were all Jews. I mean, maybe a few Gentiles, I don't know. But the majority of things that has been happening were all around the Jews. But in Acts chapter 10, something was about to happen. Everybody say that with me. Something is about to happen. Say that. Come on, come on, come on, guys. Let's go. Let's go. Something is about to happen. Yeah. Something was about to happen in Acts chapter 10. And, and for that thing to happen, God needed to do something. For that thing to happen. God was about to graft the entire gentile nation into the household of faith so that there will be no longer Jews or gentiles but all one followers of Jesus. God was about to bring the the exclusivity of the Jews to an end and bring humanity together as one. But something needed to change for that to happen. Do you know where I'm going with this already? I hope you do. See, I want to focus on Peter in this story. And I just want to focus on Peter. I'm not trying to do the entire thing. I I read it so that we can have a context of the story, but I want to focus on Peter specifically. Because Peter is the one who needed to do the changing, not Cornelius. Cornelius was already ready. Bible speaks of Cornelius as a righteous man, a centurion, which means that he was a commander of hundred soldiers. He was already ready. The Bible says that he, he is a man who was always praying to God and also a man who was always generous and giving to the poor. So he was already doing the things that Jewish people do. He already believed in the Jewish God. But he didn't have a personal relationship with this Jewish God. But he was ready. Everybody say ready. He was ready. He was ready to receive what God was already going to do. The angel came to him and said, oh, your prayers have been answered. Now send word to Joppa, to Simon. And Now, he actually listened to God without actually getting all the details. Go and call for Simon. He didn't ask, what's Simon going to tell me? What's Simon going to do? Why should I send for Simon? Who is this Simon of Tava? He's a military man. Military people do like to get some, you know, anyway. But he didn't do that. He just sent words. So, so, but Peter needed to do a change. So, so Peter needed, Something needed to happen in Peter's mind. And he says, Peter, in the afternoon around 3 o'clock when they were supposed to pray, he was hungry. They were cooking. So the combination of hunger and food and prayer all mixed together sent Peter into a trance. Maybe the smell of the food was so good he couldn't even wait. Who knows? But then he, he began to see something. So he saw all these animals, clean and unclean. And God says, "Eat, kill, and eat." And he said, "No, I have never done that before. I have never touched unclean things. I would never have to do it." it, it Peter is, it, is saying to, to, to this angel, to this person speaking to him, "I have never questioned this custom. I've just always believed it. Why are you asking me to change my mind about it?" And I like what God said. Don't call what God has made clean unclean. Let me bring it down to us, to everyone in front of me here today, each of you. Because the promise that God is fulfilling here is a long held promise. God already said he was going to bring the Gentiles and the Jews together. He was going to save the entire world. God already said that. And that promise is coming to reality now in chapter 10, right? So how many of you here have received a promise from God? Anyone? How many of you are trusting God for something? How many of you here want to see some real change happen in life, in your life, maybe around you? Anyone here? What if I say to you, because I'm going through the same journey now, so I'm not, I'm not better than you. I'm going through the same journey in my life now. My head is spinning sometimes during the week. What if I say to you that God wants to touch an area of your life? Not, not just you two of you. <laughs> all of you. God wants to touch an area of your life. He wants to change your thinking and your paradigm in a particular area of your life in order for him to open up the more that he, you have been trusting him for. What if I say to you that like Peter, even as a church, that God wants to change the way we think about church, the way we think about what it means for us to gather, the way we think, that we think about worship, and, and all of this. And God actually wants to touch, a change a particular paradigm, a particular way of thinking, in order for us to access the fullness of what God is doing. What if I say that that's actually is going on right now? Maybe not for all of you, but at least for some of you. And I think it goes back to the, this wineskin thing that we've been talking about this last Sunday. because it speaks on that. Yeah? Anyone still with me? I want to pick up something that Miles did a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about authentic, about church. He talked about a seed. Do you remember the picture he put on the screen, a seed? And it says that a seed has the potential to do everything that it needed to do, right? But can I say to you that I want to take that that thought, I want to take it further, and taking that thought further, I say to you that a seed needs a context. Every seed needs a context. A seed without a context is just a seed. It's just a seed. All potential are just hidden inside it. It needs a context for it to flourish. Yeah? You are the context for the seed of God's word. God was God sows the seed of His Word into your life, and you are the context. And a context can only go, a seed can only flourish as Good as the context is. Yeah? Take the best of seeds in the world and put them in the wrong context. It dies, doesn't it? It doesn't flourish. You are the context for the seed of God's word. God wants to sow his word into your life. But in order to do that, so you can flourish. But in order to do that, God wants to expand and widen your scope of reasoning. Widen your thinking. Widen your capacity. Widen your paradigm. So you can actually receive what he's doing. Because he can never go beyond what you already know. Are you with me? But you are also the seed that God sows in another context to open things up to the glory of his name. In the same way that Peter had to receive God and widen his own paradigm And then God sent him to to, to, the centurion, to Cornelius. And in Cornelius, he opened up the gospel. And in doing so, Cornelius, his whole household and the entire Gentile nation, including you and I, came into the body of faith. Why? Because Peter opened up to God. changed his thinking. about a small thing? Not so small. And I believe that for the potential that God has put in this church to unpack and unfold, look, what, what if there's one area that God wants to challenge us in so that when we shift our thinking in that area, He opens up more of his blessing to us? What, could that, what if that is the reality of what's going on here? Are you still with me? I like that prayer about submitting things to God, and bringing it to God, I'm bringing it to God. I think this is an aspect of that. What's an area of your life? I wrote some things down that God could be talking about. Maybe, is this whole thing of um, bias, discrimination, malice, jealousy, I don't know, that God wants to touch? Is it this whole statement of, I've never done this before, so why should I do it again? Maybe that's what God wants to touch. It could be that you are holding on to a particular narrative that is no longer worth protecting, but you're still protecting it. And God's saying, "Can you let go of that narrative so I can actually open you to more?" And you're going, "But I've always known this. I've always done it this way." And God's saying, "No. Can I? Can I? Can I take that from you, please? Can I take that from you now? Can I take that from you?" And you're going, "No, God. You know. You know. You know. You know." God is saying, "No. Can I take that, please?" And you're going, "No. No. No." Maybe it's longer ideas, maybe it's a view of leadership, whatever it is. I don't know what God may be speaking. I've been speaking to you already, right now. But I know for sure that every time there's this change and transition happening, paradigm shifts need to happen for you to step into the new. And if you don't do this paradigm shift, you are a seed looking for a context. You're a seed looking for a context. And you just keep going round and round. When a seed finds a context that makes us flourish, my goodness, what can happen is more than amazing. We want to be a church that is a context for all kinds of seeds. Do we not? Small seed, big seed, powerful seed, not so powerful seed, all kinds of seed. That they can find this place, a place of flourishing. That they can find this place, a place of growth. How does God position His people for growth? It takes an area of your life. It zooms in on it. Works on it. Change your thinking in alignment with his word, in alignment with his promise. And when that change is complete, it releases the unthinkable. No one can stop when God is on the move. As I'm speaking, perhaps God is already speaking to you of something that is an area of your life I don't know. But I encourage you to go read Acts chapter 10 again and just dwell in that word again. There's one word that God used here and it's the word hospitality. Peter was, an, was, an, was a guest in, this, in Simon's house, but then Peter received a guest in the house that he was a guest in. And then Peter went to Cornelius and Cornelius welcomed him even though they weren't supposed to be together as Gentiles and Jews. And that opened up a whole lot of things. The world that God may want to, it be just be one word. It could be one of these culture words here. It could be anything. I don't know what it is. I don't know how God is working in your individual life. I'm talking about your individual life. But I'm also talking about us as a collective church. Both of that together. Everyone hearing me here. Anyone who will hear me later. What could be an area of your life that God wants to touch and shift? So that it can bring you into the abundance that is prepared for you. Would you commit to praying about that? Or can I say to you, please don't tell me it's prayer because you're already praying. It has to be something more than that, it takes you one step further than that. Amen. One last crazy things before I finish. If you're here and you're already thinking of something now and you want us to pray for you, maybe there's a word, something already that you're thinking about already. Some of you, you're going to have to dwell on this. This is not the kind of talk that you hear and you go away thinking, oh, good talk. You have to actually dwell on it. But if you're here, there's already something staring in you and you say, can you pray for me? we would like to pray for you right now. Because I think it's a time that God wants to get things going. So if you're here like that, we would like to pray for you right now. Right now. So can I ask all eyes bowels, all eyes closed? If you are here like that and you think God is already doing something, or I'm already sensing the word or whatever it is, I don't know. Can you just put your hands up and put it down. don't have to leave it up. Just leave it up and put it down. That's it. Up and down. Holy Spirit, would you please perfect that which you've already begun in the life of everyone here. And those who have just put their hands up and down, you know them. I pray, Lord, that you will perfect that which you've already begun. I've not said everything that needs to be said, but you, God, can do way more than anyone could ever say. Because your spirit's are already at work. So in everyone who's just hands up and hands down, or who else is not able to do that, but is doing that in their heart. Holy Spirit, I pray, in the name of Jesus, perfect that which has already begun in Jesus' name. Amen.